welcome to the subtle storm where we talk about the human condition all the things spirituality psychology philosophy theology all the things all the things you know the intro by now if you tune in today we're going to be talking about loving versus dysfunctional acceptance and i've used some resources for this topic so feel free to check them out if you'd like I feel like I don't hear enough about this, to be honest, and as much as I have researched it, there's still so little that I see consistently in the media. Um, majority of what I see is more towards this idea of receiving love by receiving full acceptance, um, but we don't often talk about like accepting people as a whole person, and of course, you know, it is places, but it's just not as common as I think that other things in like the self-help community or, you know, the psychology community goes. So we're here to talk about that. I think, you know, a lot that's perpetuated in the media is that that acceptance, a complete acceptance of anybody that you're with. Um, I think in some minds that can be taken in so many different in, in ways that are not going to be substantially healthy for the individual. And we are here to talk about it. And I want to start off with talking a little bit about developmental psychology. And if you have, if you're new here, you probably don't know, but if you're not, then you do know that I use this concept and I talk about developmental psychology quite frequently, primarily because it is the way that we develop. I think my belief and my hypothesis is that all of these different conditions, these traumas, these things that we encounter in our adult lives are all linked to our very early stages of life and our developmental stages, which is why it's called developmental psychology. The way that our brains begin to form and function in those early years develop or kind of are the telltale like it's like the blueprint towards how we're going to grow up and interact in lives. And that's why I think when you see like younger children, you can already tell these like little mini things that they're already starting to develop that they're going to have to work through and in, in later in life. And of course, those things can be worked through it in adolescence and teenage years. But I think a lot of that still does carry with us because it's so deeply ingrained in us. And, you know, I think as humans, I want to also mention that we all hold this this core need to feel seen and to feel understood. If you're thinking back to, you know, these really early moments in life, we're literally looking towards, um, you know, the adult figure, the, the birthing figure, the, the primary attachment figure to acknowledge us, to fulfill our needs, to see us. You know, there have been studies, and I've talked about this a couple times, of Babies passing away because they're not being give, um, they're not being given enough attention, and they're not being seen. They're not getting any type of acknowledgement, and they don't feel understood. And of course, they're not aware of these things happening. But that's what's happening at the the core and psychological levels of this, where we need those needs to be fulfilled, or we literally die. And I you know I think. Um, Tony Overbay, who I've linked his podcast in before, and he might not even come on the podcast at some point as well, um, he linked the brain to a don't get killed device, and I don't know if that's quoted from somebody else, but he said it before. And I agree with that because in in psychological findings, they, they talk a lot about, you know, our subconscious basically tells us that if we don't get these needs met, we die. And that is why all these different functionalities come up 
or these coping mechanisms, these unhealthy coping mechanisms, mechanisms come about so that we can refrain from that that death or that feeling of death or that we're going to die if you don't get these needs met. And this just develops continually in life. Um, Those core needs that we have to feel seen and understood maintain throughout life. (laughs) And also just an acknowledgement as well is that we don't come out of the womb unaccepting of ourselves or others. It's completely a learned habit if we watch this or if we are given this type of treatment which I'll explain a little bit later you'll kind of pick up pick into pieces these little little tidbits that I'm going to give you know we don't we develop these things all these tiny little micro micro habits really if you call them are given to us we kind of start out with a clean slate you know we have these primary needs of I want to be seen I, I need or I need to be seen I need to be accepted I need to be you know fed I need to be tended to and if they don't happen I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna freak out and other than that we have no other like logical expression or retention of the world around us so the more that we engage with the world the more that those psychological wirings and those those neurons start to to fire and create memories which we continue to perpetuate especially if they're shown to us over habits or um in further action and if we continue to see it across our youth then we continue to have this memory and this perception you know um more sturdied (laughs) or, or, um, you know, fed into in a way, I guess you could say, I can't think of the words quite right now, but you know, that just continues and continues over a lifetime until we decide, yeah, I don't want this anymore. (laughs) And we decide to heal it. So that's kind of what I believe the process is between youth and adulthood and, 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 um, you know, elder, elderly, I can't think of these words right now, but you know, in, in our, in our old age, you know, I think that those things come about as well. And so moving on from that, I just as that acknowledgement, I want to talk about the difference between loving acceptance and, and, and dysfunctional acceptance. So what I mean by this is more of like how we interact in interpersonal dynamics and our, our relationships and how we interact with ourselves as well. So one Let's talk about relationships a little bit. What I believe loving acceptance is within a relationship is accepting the other person or persons as a whole individual human being, a whole person with flaws, with quirks, with positives, etc. With all these different things all encompassing them just as we are. And just as every other individual is, you know, full of all these different facets of, of life. Also accepting that they've lived different lives and they are a different person than we are and that's okay. And what I also think loving acceptance is, is not having an expectation of this individual based off of our own biases. And what that means, I think, is is a little bit self-explanatory, but, you know, our own biases towards ourselves that we might project onto people our own biases against the world that we've developed throughout youth in our own lifetimes that we project. And I think the key component in that um, conversation is the awareness of our own biases and how that plays a role in relationships. And I don't think that we can really have a healthy relationship without acknowledging those things about ourselves because then how can we really see the full spectrum of it? 
I also think that it includes seeking to understand them and acknowledge them while also simultaneously acknowledging your own feelings in regard to the understanding that you're giving to them or that they're offering to you. I also think that it's seeking to know what parts of them trigger you because I think in, in any sense, people are going to trigger you in some ways. It's going to be little things in the way that you operate within that and the way that you learn within that is really the telltale sign of how healthy you can be and how healthy the, how healthy the dynamic is as well. And, you know, what parts of them trigger you from your own trauma and also theirs. Having those conversations, again, so important. And also loving acceptance includes boundaries. It includes having those difficult conversations, that, that deep radical communication that I always talk about, and not settling. Acknowledging also, I think is a part, acknowledging if their habits are not healthy for you, if their habits are not desirable for you or workable with you. Acknowledging their habits and if their habits continue or have the awareness of seeking growth within that, can you maneuver with that? Can you, you know, those types of things. And also to understand if they don't align for you, if they don't happen to align for you, even over time, there's no pressure to force something that isn't right for you. There's an acceptance of the flow of life. And within that comes the flow of relationships and the flow of different dynamics and the flow of your brain and your preferences and desires changing over time and also not putting an expectation on that other individual to always be in line with you in those ways. Because we can't expect that of people, I think, as well. And I think that that is a pretty overall encompassing concept of what I believe loving acceptance is and of course there's way more to that and I think that it plays a role in the acceptance that we give to ourselves, and the ways that you know we give ourselves discipline for you know these these habits or these traits or these you know dysfunctions that we hold within ourselves we also seek that growth right and we we seek those acknowledgments within ourselves but we also don't settle for it because we know it's not healthy for us we know it's not healthy for other people around us you know if we offer that acceptance to ourselves in in the way that you know we accept that this is a part of us or this is happening but it's not okay necessarily you know we can offer that to more people same with offering love and awareness to ourselves you know and seeing ourselves as a whole individual person without trying to perfect everything about ourselves or to neglect everything about ourselves or to think that we are absolutely incredible in every single aspect and nothing could be wrong with us. Like, you know, the more that we offer that acceptance to ourselves, the more that we can offer that to other people. And they go hand in hand. And same with how in some ways toxic acceptance goes hand in hand with toxic self-acceptance you know if you're not accept you're self-loathing with yourself and you are hurtful a lot within yourself you know you're going to kind of perpetuate this idea of you know not being accepting of anyone else or not being accepting of when other people aren't accepting to you because you don't believe that you are able to be accepted let's get into that First, let me quickly define what I believe dysfunctional acceptance to be. And I believe that is accepting someone or even yourself exactly as you or they are despite, despite infliction of 
um, dysfunctional or toxic habits or traits or thought processes or whatever it is. If you're accepting of somebody, even though they're hurting you and you're aware of the hurt, that is toxic acceptance. <laughs> and of course, I'm just putting a label on it. You know, you call it whatever you want. This, this um, little cycle, I guess you can say, is the bigger the bigger quantifying factor of, of what this really is. And I think a lot of times this really develops in youth. Again, everything. And that's why I brought that in <laughs> in the beginning. But oftentimes I think, well, majority of households, when you think about it, um, are dysfunctional households, or at least in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think... Also, we can have an expectation on society to not be that. A lot of people aren't given the proper tools. And... Um, with me saying that, that's an acceptance of the way that things are, but not that it's okay, right? So there's a good example of what that can look like in, in, in a healthy conversation and just your awareness of the world. But anyway, I think a lot of times having a parent, and this also is kind of geared toward people with um, who have dealt with narcissistic abuse in some way, shape, or form, and but it's also not limited to that, so definitely stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of times this can... Um, accumulate from having a parent who expected complete acceptance from the child or from anybody else in the household. And I think this can look a bunch of different ways. So having maybe really negative habits that they refuse to change um, or wanting control over the situation or over the household and not budging on, you know, when, when people want to have any type of sense of control or not making effort to see you or to acknowledge you or, or whoever else until you see them first or till they, they feel acknowledged. And it puts you or whoever else is in the position in the household or whatever it is in a position to change them or to try and change their habits or... You feel the need or they feel the need to adapt to this dysfunction. And what that can look like is, okay, so um, let's say your mom has a really bad habit of screaming at you when she gets mad and it hurts you and it upsets you and it triggers you. So your immediate reaction is to lash out and, but you can't help it, right? And this is a really bad example, but you know, your immediate reaction is to lash out and scream back. And that doesn't make them feel seen. It doesn't make you feel seen. You're kind of just butting heads at this big wall in the middle here. Like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to see each other in that space. Um, but you've communicated to her that you really want to calm things down. You really want to have a genuine conversation. And you have been putting in the effort to do that. But she continues to scream and yell. And eventually the acceptance of this or this adaptation to this is to just take it <laughs> in whatever way that that means in that moment to just take it and to just treat the yelling as a normal thing or you know as as something that you just have to accept that is a part of who they are and that they're never going to stop yelling and you know little there are way better examples that I could have used besides that, but that is one. Um, but within this, eventually, you start to, and of course, you know, think of different examples. <laughs> that would be not the best one, but yeah, eventually within this concept of adapting to the dysfunction, you start to lose parts of yourself or you start to lose all of yourself. 
to somebody else and to somebody else's needs and to the acceptance of somebody else. And you probably will receive approval for doing it in some ways or just receive some type of affirmation that makes you believe that it's better. So let's say afterwards, after those fights where you just calm down, she has an easier route to calm down within. I'm going to run with this this analogy, even though it's not the best. You know, you have this, you, you kind of sit there and you, you witness, observe, you don't react. And it gives her more space to relax and to calm down, right? And within that, it creates more space for her to apologize to you or to say that she's sorry. And that for you is a sense of approval for what you did even though it would have been much better and felt much nicer for you to have that healthy same level conversation that you've asked you've been asking for but because you did this and she responded well to it you think that it's okay and that she loves you still and it's approval even though she's not making any conscious effort to try and acknowledge you or see you and i think i wonder how many people are listening to that and relate to it and think that it's normal instead of and maybe we're shocked when I said that, yeah, she's not acknowledging your needs or not acknowledging you. Because I think that that's so important. And I think that a lot of the time that's it's pretty common in, in households where the mom or whoever it is thinks that, you know, this is the way it has to be because you're the parent and it has to be this way. And they take so little acknowledgement for the child or, the, or whoever else's needs there are and just simply adhere to them and you know have this dynamic of like yeah I'll give you approval once you approve of me and then we're all cool then everything feels great and then everybody else is happy because his approval is being met and now it's not as heavy of a situation which it's even heavier if you really look at it so yeah I'm I'm wondering how many people (laughs) felt something from that but this eventually becomes the subconscious understanding of what love is right like I just said you feel loved from appeasing that person's needs or to from accepting them fully as they are because they gave you the praise or because everything felt better and normal or or more normal after you did that even though it was sinking down to a level that you didn't want to be at you wanted to have that conversation you wanted to to get to a mutual level that's what you wanted but instead it didn't work out so you you back down but now it feels good because you're loved and it feels like you know everything's calm and healthy and happy but it is it really <laughs> and i think a lot of this tends to lead to feelings of inadequacy and this fear of being your own true self and fear of you know nobody ever loving you for who you are and sheltering yourself in some ways and this eventually becomes a core need as well to feel loved exactly as you are even if it's toxic you become in a sense the person that you were subconsciously really scared of when you were younger and isn't that just crazy how that works man i think it's quite it's quite fascinating to observe this within yourself because i think a lot of the times we 
may react. And I think a lot of reaction comes from within this place of, you know, these these triggering emotions of the core feelings of maybe loneliness, shame, inadequacy. Those types of emotions are a lot of the core emotions that we felt from trauma and youth, I think, because our core needs are to be seen and understood. So those are kind of negating that in ways. But yeah, I think a lot of reaction comes from this place of when somebody triggers those feelings of like, they're not accepting me. They're not like fully seeing me. They're not acknowledging me. Or it's mostly, I think, from they're not accepting me. They're not, you know, putting up with these things or, or whatever it is in, in this case scenario. And that is very triggering because you were never accepted as you were in youth. And now you have this desire to be accepted. And then when you don't feel accepted, it feels almost as if that parent is doing it to you all over again. And now you're back to this sheltered sense of yourself that doesn't feel safe and doesn't feel welcomed or loved. But it is. (laughs) You have to give it to yourself. (laughs) I think a lot of the healing within this is giving it to yourself, honestly. Like I said, with with healthy acceptance, a lot of it comes from or a lot of it equates to being accepting of yourself. I don't think that we can get into those healthy relationships of of pure loving acceptance without giving acknowledgement and acceptance to ourselves before we get there. How can you be accepting of yourself even in a relationship if you're not accepting of yourself out of one? And yes, (laughs) I think it's very important to acknowledge that. And again, part of healing this acceptance is one, I think part of healing majority of things is one recognizing where these feelings, when you feel triggered, when you feel um, heated, whatever it is, sit with those emotions, break it down, try and see where these things are coming from. Where do they feel familiar? And it's probably going to be really hard to access those things because I'm sure they're very deep down. But they're always there and we can find them if we really, really, really put it to the works, put it to the test. And so we sit with ourselves, figure out where they feel familiar. Oh, did my mom used to do that? My dad used to do this to me. Or, you know, my, I remember my brother would do this because the siblings are also um, primary attachment figures as well. So that's a, that's a key thing to keep in mind as well. It's not always just parents. And I think also come into relationships and the way we, you know, interact with other people outside of that where, you know, that might just not feel safe and there's little mini aspects of that in those ways. But yeah, healing with within this is sitting with it, watching where it feels familiar. And, you know, in the moments of when you're heated, when in the moments of whatever, if you once you get to a point of acknowledging what it is, you know, ask yourself what how can I react to this that is acknowledging myself before I have the desire to have somebody else acknowledge it. What do I need right now? How can I give what I need to myself before asking of it to somebody else? And am I asking too much? Am I asking for somebody to fully accept who I am in every aspect of myself without um, wavering? And why do I feel like I need to put up these boundaries and these walls towards other people if I know that I'm not being healthy or that I know that that doesn't feel good or vice versa? Why is it so hard for me to accept this person as they as they are as a whole person without trying to change them because this has happened as well where you feel that from a parent and you believe that's the way that the world works is like you you can't accept anybody for who they are or you know whatever it is and 
you know, why, why is it so hard for me to accept this person in all aspects of who they are? And, or, <laughs> again, wh- why am I fully accepting this person? Why, why can't I, you know, shake these habits that I know that are, are bad for me to be in a relationship with or a dynamic with? Why am I still here? What is keeping me here? Did my mom used to do this? Did my dad used to do this? Oh, I remember when, you know, my, my dad used to tell me that, like, I had to deal with it. And so now here I am dealing with it. Boom. Core memory. Understood. Sit with that. Cont- journal about it. Like, do whatever you need with it. That is the way to, to acknowledge that acceptance. And wherever you are within this process and wherever you are within even understanding this concept, you are valid. And it's okay to also have patience with yourself. Remind yourself in any wherever you are that it's okay to accept yourself as a full being, a well-rounded person with flaws, with memories, with traumas, with happiness, with bliss, with all the good things and all the bad things or what bad things can turn into good things, all the things. And you are worth it. You're worth the energy. You're worth the time. You're worth the space. You're worth being accepted for who you are, but also not settled for. Once you get to a place of healthy acceptance and and self-loving, it will be concerning to you when people fully accept who you are and don't want to necessarily not change anything. Because I think that's a oh that's that's a big part of I think so um, society within this concept is like I don't want somebody to feel like or try and change me. But I think there's this difference between trying to change somebody versus setting boundaries and acknowledging that that isn't a healthy behavior to be interacting with in this dynamic and we can work on it together or offering up that working together or offering up this this reassurance along the way of healing those things or offering you know a, a shoulder to lean on or whatever it is or just a loving like regard you know I'm here for you this is you know I, I see you and I hear you but this is not something that I can, I can personally deal with. So if, you know, that, that acceptance of like whatever happens, happens, this isn't something I can deal with right now or in life. So I would really appreciate if, you know, you would address it in some way or, you know, whatever that, that can look like for you. It can look a bunch of different ways. So yeah, be open that I don't want to give advice, (laughs) but if you want advice, be open. (laughs) Allow these things to flow and I keep touching things. I'm sorry if you hear it in the background. (laughs) Yeah, allow things to flow. Be open to what people say and before you react or watch how you want to react and and give yourself grace within those those desires of reaction and just remain calm and still and sit within those and talk about them. Oh, it's a key to everything. If you are in a dynamic where you're struggling with this, talk about it. Open up the conversation. I promise you it'll be a hell of a lot easier. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you. Namaste.